Welcome in, everybody, to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. You know the vibes. We are recording on Friday, June 3rd, which should tell you something. I'm a very, very happy camper because the Golden State Warriors lost last night to the Boston Celtics. Celt in six, son. Menace. Can't wait. Um, I, well, let's just start there, Frank. Happy birthday, you... Al Horford! By the way, happy birthday! It's his birthday today. Ooh. What a great birthday for Al Horford! Yeah, Al Horford was absolutely ridiculous in his NBA Finals debut. I think he did. He end up with seven threes. I th- it was either I, I six think or he seven. Was six or seven last yeah. night. Yeah, six he or seven was last. Absolutely night. unreal. I mean, that was. I, I think the the Celtics warriored the Warriors, which was very interesting to see. I mean, the the absolute onslaught in that fourth quarter. I think they outscored them by like fifteen or sixteen points. I think it was forty like to nineteen or something like that last night in the fourth quarter. It, it was good way to put it though. They outwarred the Warriors yeah. because I have never seen Golden State get. Usually, they're the ones yeah. that kind of put together those runs, yeah. and it, it was very. For you, I'm sure it was it was, it was just glorious. Chef's I was in kiss. a bar. It was it was beautiful. Forty to sixteen. Really couldn't ask more. Fourth quarter. Forty to sixteen was the final. <laughs> the Celtics. They're down by twelve. That seems like uh, some praving. Oh my gosh, saving oh, oh. Private Ryan type stuff. Where it's like you know in the beginning scene where there's the the shell shock and they're like everything's all. <laughs> Excuse, sorry, sorry, headphone listeners. <laughs> Uh, just the squeak, and then everything is just like blurry all around. And it's like, very graphic. It's very graphic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Body, limbs getting blown up all over that the place. Movie, that's. Do you like that movie? Uh, <laughs> I've only seen that opening scene. That's it. Yeah, that's okay, literally you, it. My you, history teacher you, showed us. I forgot. We uh, us uh, and Brendan knew. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we should. We do got this. like a, a back and forth <laughs> on Twitter about because they, they you guys. So you're not a movie guy. I thought you were no, a movie guy. No. Oh no, I'm a big TV series guy, okay. but movies like you're I just, not a movie guy. No, not at all. Like I, you can name. I haven't seen Forrest Gump. Like haven't seen. Name your generic. Uh, you know, not generic, but like your, your Shawshank Redemption. I have seen Shawshank. Okay. Shawshank and like Green Mile feel like the two like biggest movies that I've seen. I don't even think Green Mile is like that similar. big. They're, they're prison movies. Yeah, prison movies. Death Row is one of them. I also but... love Prison Break. Prison I like Break's Prison Break. Great show. I binged Prison Break when I was like twenty. It's a good show to to binge, especially. Then it came back and it was kind of bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, like the last couple seasons of Prison Break, yeah. Break aren't great. Hasn't been good. It's a good show. Good show. I would definitely recommend. But congratulations to you, Chris. Big day for you. Big last day for night. me. Big day for Average Al. Um, and uh, it's going to be a big day for this podcast, cause, just because I feel like this is going to be a good episode. You're, co- you're just coming. You and our boss, Nick Cattle, <laughs> just <laughs> Nick, came in. Nick came Nick in. Came in with, Nick's been here for, what, we're in June. Six months. So six months. I've not seen Nick walk in with such happiness and such a big smile as he did today. Uh, shout out Boston Celtics, man. Up 1-0. Um, you know, it's, uh, hopefully that this is not short-lived. Hopefully we can uh, we can. Us Celtics fans can enjoy yeah, us, this. We, we, we Celtics fans. We, we the Celtics, Celtics fans. Uh, get it back to the yeah. garden. Yeah. Speaking of Boston, I didn't tell you this. Um, I booked scared. a trip to Boston. Really? Just yesterday. The, the parade? I'm going to the championship <laughs> yeah. parade. The championship parade. No, I'm, I'm going in September to see Yankees Red Sox at Fenway. Wow. Yeah. You're really like going in the pit. I'm going, I'm going <laughs> in. I'm going in. Do you know where your seats are? Uh, my buddy I hear is there's from- some like really terrible seats in that state. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're, like they're cheap. So Behind my, poles and my, stuff. My buddy is like a, he's from Boston and he was, he's visiting and he talked me into it. And he has seats for one of the games on the monster- Oh, which is like a childhood dream. Yeah, of for mine. sure. That's one of them, and then another one. We're gonna. He knows where, where to sit and where multiple to go. Games. He's so a local. We're going to multiple games. We're going, uh, it's a two game series. I'm going. To both. Oh, beautiful. And I have a place to stay. Otherwise, I wouldn't probably go. Yeah, Save going money. on the monster is for sure. Like, 
I mean, yeah, that's like a perfect situation. You know, that's like, you know, being in – I mean, there's really nothing else like it, honestly. Yeah, I was like, going to say, like, Wrigley's outfield, but that's not even the same as – you know, the monster is – It's a monster. There, and how many, there's, like, ten rows maybe of seats? Not much. Yeah. And, like, I grew up a Yankee like, – I'm a diehard Yankee fan. If you listen to this podcast, you know, I probably have annoyed you with it. But um, I've always dreamed of going to Fenway. Like, Yankee Stadium, I've, I've been to the old Yankee Stadium. It was great. Mm-hmm. I've seen the new one, haven't been inside, but I know it's not anywhere near as, as – legendary is a place like Fenway. Yeah. So to be able to go there and watch, it's crazy. Like now I just want to go to somewhere like Madison Square Garden to watch a game or For sure. Um I haven't been to Staples Center before. I haven't either. Yeah. Uh, the, the Crypt, you mean? Crypt the, oh, I'm sorry. Arena? The, the Crypt. I've yes. not been to the Crypt. But yes. um while my brain was in Boston, I didn't even tell you I'm off recording. Boston, I'm going to Boston. So Boston. Boston. The Boston habit. Yes. Uh, congrats to the Celtics. But um Chris I, I've asked, those are winning teams. Those are winning teams. <laughs> we don't have time we, to talk about winning we teams. Need, we need to shift our attention to what's really important and yes. talk about the, the losers, uh, the Sacramento Kings. We are now f- less than three weeks away from the draft, which is kind of crazy. Like a, week from, a week from now, we're going to be like really yeah. – like, we're going to be what, 10, 12, 13 days away, um, math. So draft lottery – not draft lottery, draft mock drafts. Mm-hmm. Have started coming out. Yeah, I guess for sure. We, I guess we can kind of start with that before we get to um, the draft for fit for need yeah. question. Uh, mock drafts are coming out. I'm just I dove in today, and it was my first time kind of going through all the mock drafts at once in order, looking at all the different outlets, all the different opinions, and it is looking like the Jaden Ivy train is it's it's full steam ahead. I mean, do I asked you at the beginning of every podcast we record. Have you changed your mind? Do you do you still have a person you have in mind for the pick today? I still think if the Kings do stay at four, and if you know, I I think one of I I honestly feel like at this point, Jaden Ivey has creeped himself into um, the conversation with those those other top three that we you know everybody obviously knows the Paolo Bancaro, the Chet Holmgren, the Jabari Smith, um, because it we especially and I, I excuse me if I'm jumping the gun here, but we have seen recently a lot of mock drafts start to include Jaden Ivey going in that top three and having the possibility of of one of Paolo Bancaro or it seems Chet Holmgren fall out. Um, so I would say at this point, yeah, if Ivey's there, I think he's, he's pretty clearly the fourth best option to go. Um, but that also kind of brings us to the conversation that we want to have today and um, I think it's it's a natural conversation to bring up with with the way that the Kings have drafted the last two years and uh, how they spent this past NBA trade deadline with trading Tyrese Halliburton. Obviously, should the Kings consider fit when they are selecting this number four pick? And what this question obviously really means is: is it should Kings fans be nervous if the Kings take Jaden Ivey? And when I say nervous, I mean should they? Just why, why should Kings fans not feel like we just went through this with Tyrese, and uh, why why should we not think that this is just going to end the same way of oh these two players can't really play together? And that's like a legitimate fear. It's a legitimate fear that I think the answer is not going to come until it comes. It's not going to come for a couple of years. It's not going to come if, until if they do we, take it. We see what happens. I mean, we've seen it's a little different from from the eye test and from what you see in highlights as far as Jaden Ivey is a guard who. He's not a distributor. He's not like Tyrese Halliburton who needed the ball for like a dominant. Like He needs to have the ball a majority of the time to create offense. I think that Jaden Ivey is a guy who can literally just be a guy who just goes and gets buckets, a bucket getter kind of guy where De'Aaron can try to still uh, facilitate 
and for himself and his teammates and find a guy like Ivy who um, Kings fans out there, I think last week we talked about, people were saying Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. could be a guy the Kings go get. Well, I'm not saying Jaden Ivey's Donovan Mitchell, but I'm saying the comparisons that are out there are very close to that. And when you look at fit and need, the Kings do need, in my opinion, a they need another guard. They need a they need a standout mm-hmm. guard. I mean, I don't I've I've we've said it before. It, sorry, apologies for if, if we get redundant at all over the past couple of weeks. But it's the same <laughs> conversations, but yeah. I I don't know if we can go into next season having uh, Dante Divincenzo and Davion Mitchell as your options at the two guard. Mm-hmm. I feel like there needs to be one more or Justin Holiday. Definitely not. Terrence Davis. Um, also. Terrence Davis could be a guy off the bench, like a yeah. spark plug, but that's fine. That's Michael that's Wave. yeah, yeah. So I I when you look at fit and need, what do the Kings need? They need, in my opinion, a standout two guard. They need a power forward. You can't address both of those with this one pick. So fit and need is is just, it's an interesting question out there, and, and a lot of people on Twitter have had an opinion on. It. I've seen people say that the Kings. Uh, they don't deserve to be a team that needs to look to draft for for fit right now because that's what winning teams do. Winning teams like you know the 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 Mavericks, uh, the Warriors, the Bucks. When their time comes, they're going to look and say, "Hey, we have we have a power forward slash small forward, or whatever position Giannis is that day set. We have <laughs> we have Chris Middleton. We we have Drew Holiday. Maybe we should look to get like a like a, a distributing point guard. Mm-hmm. That's like one thing they probably could. Maybe they'll look to get someone like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Kings." On paper, when you look at what the roster needs, I think the one that back to a throwback, Keegan Murray, who we were really high on a couple weeks ago, and I'm not I'm not saying the Kings aren't going to pick Keegan Murray. Like he could be a dark horse. You never know what Monty McNair's thinking, but um, I think if Monty McNair is going to stand by the thing he said a couple years ago, and I have that quote um, that he's always going to go with the best player available, it it needs to be Jaden Ivey. And let me read that quote before I get your thoughts, Chris. Just Monty McNair says. Um, this is right after you drafted Davion Mitchell last summer. We want a guy who's going to impact from day one and hopefully for years and years to come. We want the player who's going to come in and help us, not just for one year, not just five years from now, more. So the best player for us is the guy who's going to do that regardless of position and different things like that. So I don't really know if Monty McNair is going to stand by that. I mean, it'd be kind of interesting to see him be contradict himself, mm-hmm. but if Jaden Ivey's on the board at four, you have to take him, yes or no? I would say yes. I mean, I – and again, like you said, excuse us if we've, we're being redundant here, but I've always been a big fit guy. I've, I've talked on this podcast multiple times about – to, to, if we're going to quote Monty here, uh, Monty at his end-of-season press conference was very adamant that he feels like the team uh, needs to address length and shooting. Um, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of, of the Kings uh, – like you said, they need a power forward. They need a, a they need somebody else to play alongside Harrison Barnes, but also complement Demonis Sabonis as well. Um, and Jade, Jaden Ivy, Jaden Ivy is not necessarily that guy that fits that need. And uh, you know, there's uh, Keegan Murray, like you said, that's probably somebody more in that realm of like, okay, he can probably play slot into the four. AJ Griffin's the, argument. AJ Griffin was yeah. exactly the name I was going to say too. He's probably a better quote unquote fit for what the Kings might be looking for. But when you're blessed, like the Kings have been with this top four pick, if you have a top five pick, really, you need to just take best player available. You're in a position where 
the the talent at the top of the draft should in theory be a player that can change your franchise possibly change the direction of your organization and you're not in these positions often we the kings have been in the lottery for x amount of years here and this is uh what the third or third time i think since like 2010 Uh, in recent memory top four top top five We'll just say top five. Top five. Four, well, yeah. off the top of our head, Boogie, Thomas Robinson, Boogie, Boogie, Thomas Robinson, Boogie, Tyreek, uh, Tyreek and Marvin. Marvin. That's it. And that's right? it. I mean, Ben, Stauskas, Willie, Stauskas. Uh, Tyrese, Davion, uh, Jimmer. Did we say all, Fox? We say Fox, uh, right? Fox was five, yeah, I guess. Fox is so, five, okay. Yeah. If you were to do top four, then, uh, you know, I guess that, that would, you know, that would include um, or exclude some of those guys, but. Um, you know, you're just not in this position often. And when the Kings have been in this position, they've taken Marvin Bagley, not ideal. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, that's the type of person who obviously we saw he, his talent is the type to take this franchise to a different place. Tyreek looked promising. Um, he my really bigger, did. Yeah. <laughs> my bigger point is when you're in this position, you need to throw best player available out – or I'm sorry, throw, throw fit out the window and really just go for the guy that you feel like has the most talent – and uh, figure everything else out. I mean, again, like, if we're talking in three years, and I love De'Aaron Fox, but if Jaden Ivey turns out to seem like a, a better prospect or a better player than, than De'Aaron Fox, I don't see what's such a bad thing about then having no. to shop De'Aaron Fox, who's also a good player. De'Aaron, De'Aaron is – his clock's ticking. He has four years left. And if, if the Kings don't turn into a winner, he's going to – He's going to leave anyway. He's yeah. going to leave anyway. Yeah. So – when you're at a fourth pick like the King, seventh different conversation. It's kind of mm-hmm. crazy how much of a different conversation we're having now because they jumped. Mm-hmm. When you're at seven, exactly, then it's like okay, maybe defensive guy is the one we're, we're going to go get. Maybe we're going to go get AJ Griffin. Maybe they go with Benedict. Maybe they go with um, you know if Keegan Murray's still there, that, that's the one they could probably try to hope. That's a like a, like a you know a, a diamond in the rough there at seven mm-hmm. that that fell. He, he could be a guy that's supposed to be a top five talent that falls to seven. I mean. Um, no one really knows how four through seven is going to go. Mm-hmm. Four through ten is going to go. It, it's one through three is what we think is concrete, but mm-hmm. it's it might not be all the way concrete. Yeah. So the Kings can draft can can draft can attract probably fringe talent like in free agency. They can't attract oh, the yeah. best talent. Yeah, they don't have much money either. No, if any. So what I've long believed is the Kings are. They are going to use this fourth pick to draft the best player available. They're going to try to draft that other young standout piece that they need. Yeah. And they're going to try to address the other things like as far as the defense, which is mm-hmm. horrible, through trade. Which means Rashawn Holmes could get moved. Future picks could get moved. Uh, Justin Holiday for the cheap. I mean, there are different things that are going to, they're going to happen mm-hmm. that the Kings can do to upgrade the roster. Yeah. But using the fourth pick... To draft, and again, we could be wrong. It's a draft. No one really knows who's going to turn to what or what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. AJ Griffin could be the rookie of the year next year, and we could be looking really stupid a year from now. Yep. But on paper, talent wise, and, and from what we've seen, uh, I, I do think that Monty McNair is going to stand by his best player available and go with that instead of just going by 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 fit. Yeah. So, yeah. I, but um, however, do we need to take into consideration obviously Monty's contract situation and the fact that he at this moment in time, seems to be on an expiring deal. Um, yeah. Do you think that that could potentially uh, seep into his logic at four? I mean, it, it naturally is, but uh, do you think 
enough that, you know, it could really swing him to take not a Jaden Ivey, but maybe, like we're saying, somebody who's a, who's a, who appears to be a better fit I mean, and maybe a more safe pick. Yeah. I. Is is he going to take Keegan Murray because Keegan Murray's the safe pick and Keegan is also older um, and could in theory slot in a little I mean, easier? Last year, what were all what were we talking about a year ago? We were Moody all, Mo. M- Moses Moody and Moody Mo. We were all talking about Moses Moody, the Kendrick, yep. the Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out Kendrick Perkins for this, his, that outfit, the Bro, Mrs. Is, Mrs. Puff comparison. Perk is wild. Perk I don't know. I can't wild. believe they allow this man on TV. Like he's. He's hilarious for sure, but, like, he just seems like he's a troll. I feel like they're trying to make him into, like, their version of, of Chuck or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's they, a, that's a that I, – I think you're on the money there. Which, by the way, r- side note, when is TNT going to – is Turner going to pony up and buy the rights for the finals? Because we I need the inside the NBA guys on – we need the we need the inside the NBA guys in the finals. For sure. Yeah. We need it. Um, I don't – yeah, I love Scott Van Pelt, but I don't <laughs> – we're talking about Kendrick Perkins. I noticed uh, after the game, Scott Van Pelt had Patrick Beverly on, like in studio, and it's just like ESPN, like be better than this. Like I know we all know what you're trying to do. We saw what happened last time you had Patrick Beverly on. He had the uh, the famous quote now of of Chris Paul is a cone. Uh, you know, Chris Paul is, is useless, washed, whatever, all this. Like, we don't need – that's sensational journalism. We don't need that trash. Like Sensational. 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 Um, we don't need that. Like, why is Patrick Beverly on my TV screen right now? Like, that's so unnecessary. They're trying to find their – what was, like, the goal – we're getting off, tra- off topic, but honestly, who cares? What, what was the golden age of ESPN broadcasting? Like, who, who was uh, – like, like who, who was the best – from NBA, I guess NBA. Yeah, that's the thing. Is baseball? They had they had John Miller and, mm-hmm. and Joe Morgan for a bit, which is awesome. That was Saturday Night Baseball. Yeah. Um, but basketball. I mean, the broadcast team. I'm talking like the the pre post game. I guess Bill Bill Simmons I mean, was on there. Yeah, that was an enjoyable. I mean, I like Bill Simmons. I know how a lot of especially people locally feel about Bill Simmons, but I liked the Bill Jalen uh, Will Bond. I think it was Magic Magic yeah, Johnson Will combo. Bond, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just not it yeah, right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just not it right well, now. Well, also, I mean, with their studio show, like, it's just so – it's different. Like, it's not – inside the NBA, they're on for, like, 15 minutes straight, and then they go to commercial. Every time it's a countdown, you know, NBA countdown or the post game, it's always, like, 30 minutes total, and they're, like, five minutes of, like, all right, Jalen say something – Will Bond say something? Okay, now cut to commercial. All right, now we're going to – it's just all over the place. Yeah, and, and so it's just not – it's not a good show. Malika Andrews is great. I like Malika yeah. Andrews. just like everything. I, I've had enough Jalen. I've had enough um, yeah. Perk. I'm sorry, Perk. Yeah. I've had – I just yeah. – Don't need it. Um, it's not good analysis. That's the thing. No. They they just seem like they're trying to, you know, have takes. They're just trying to yeah, – they're, they're try- trying to be like their own version of Inside the NBA. Yeah. It's pretty evident. Yeah. Um, but to put a bow on this topic, my to bring it back, uh, <laughs> my point is – because you asked me, will Monty actually like go by? Will he feel the pressure of the front office? My point is, I think everyone in the Kings fan fandom was screaming for Moses Moody last year, mm-hmm. and then they drafted Davion Mitchell. So I think everyone's starting to kind of scream for Jaden Ivey right now. So maybe it will be very <laughs> Monty McNair to pick AJ Griffin yeah. or, or Keegan. But he, we don't know what he's thinking. He might be enamored with mm-hmm. Keegan Murray. He for might sure. be like they might be in love with him. We don't even know what's going on behind Length the scenes. Length and right shooting. Now. 
length in shooting, and he, he had like two and a half blocks a game in yeah. college. I think he's six eight, six nine, but yeah. he could be a power forward. But mm-hmm. Sabonis, uh, his shooting is is was decent at the college level. So um, I still do, I still think though, Jaden Ivey has. I mean, you never know, but he has like star potential. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. Now, while we're on the topic of this, and I think we kind of mentioned someone falling there today. Uh, some reports did surface this week from like very credible people, like uh, Jonathan Wasserman from Bleacher Report is a big NBA draft guy, and then uh, Jonathan is it Givoni or Givoni? Givoni, 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 uh, who was like the draft god of 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 content. Uh, they both have said that it's it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Jaden Ivey could be selected before the Kings get to fourth. So just kind of go off these quotes. We'll start with Wasserman. Uh, Wasserman said on May 31st, beginning of this week, we've heard to keep an ear out for OKC's potential interest in Ivy at number two. While Holmgren has been perceived as a top three pick all season, some scouts prefer Ivy. His fit isn't as as ideal for a roster that already has Gilgis Alexander and Josh Giddey, but a team who sees Ivy as a surefire star won't pass him due to fit questions. Um, And then the last quote from Jonathan Gavoni, the Rockets pick third in what many consider to be a three-player draft, making this a relatively easy choice on face value. Jaden Ivey's candidacy is under consideration here, as the idea of constructing arguably the most explosive backcourt in the NBA is said to be intriguing for the Rockets brass. Mm. So, I I don't I don't think it's as out of the question that the top three won't be the big three: Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banchero. Um, I think it's still more likely than not. Like, I'd, if I had to put a percent on it, I'd say probably like a eighty percent chance it still goes that way. I don't know if you concur with that or not. Yeah, I'd put seventy eighty seventy eighty percent. But my question to you is, if Jaden Ivey does go second or third, who do you think falls? I think it's tough to tell at this point, but it's. I mean. I- I can obviously say it seems like Jabari Smith is pretty secure. He's in, locked in, in I think. at least number two. One, I, there's two. no, there's no way Jabari is falling past two. So, saying that, it's it's for sure going to be one of Chet or Paolo, and I think it's it's really tough to say because both of them have their reasons for falling. I mean, Paolo, I think people are are most confident that if any of the three are going to be a number one scorer, it would be Paolo Bancaro. But I also feel like there's a very large potential that uh, he's just an inefficient shooter and somebody who really, um, you know, isn't as if he's not great. What is he? Is he just a guy who's taking a lot of shots, um, but probably shouldn't. Um, And Chet obviously has the weight problem where people are very concerned about his frame, especially is he going to play center? Is he going to play four? Do you need to have uh, a twin tower situation? That's kind of the talk with the Kings is, is would Chet, how would Chet fit next to Sabonis? I personally think he would fit amazing next to Sabonis. I think he's almost the ideal person to put next to him. A defensive uh, floor spacing big. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, some of my biggest concerns with running Sabonis at center is rim protection. Absolutely. I don't think the Kings would have any rim protection if they were to get, even if, you know, even if they take Keegan Murray and put him uh, a lineup or a, a forward lineup of Barnes, Murray, and, and Sabonis, I just don't think that's doing anything for you defensively. Uh, you know, Chet is, Chet is a difference maker, at least uh, on that end of the floor. Um, and then what he can do offensively is kind of still, 
you know, there's that video that that went around last week of of Chet crossing up Steph Curry. We did not see that in college, so uh, I'm curious if the, he's got some a lot of stuff like that that we just uh, weren't able to see with him at Gonzaga. Chet has been talked about; he's been the number one recruit uh, for years now. I mean, people have been talking. I remember people talking about uh, Chet Holmgren against Imani Bates. Imani Bates is uh, was at Memphis. Uh, this past season and, and kind of was a dud, but um, you know, that that was supposed to be the, the big uh, coming out party for these bigs, these different kind of unicorn Kevin Durant like bigs. Uh, so I say all this to say Chet has been very much talked about and has been a top player in his class for a very long time. Uh, so it's just interesting to me that now it seems like people are concerned about his weight, which I guess justifiably because if you're not going to put Chet Holmgren against Jonas Valanciunas cat. or Stephen Adams, cat, you're not going to put him against Joel Embiid. Um, but realistically, someday you'd hope so. But exactly, that's the thing is someday you would hope so. But will he ever get there, or will he just be, you know, yeah, Kevin Durant? Never famously, gained people call Kristaps Porzingis uh, what is it, a six <laughs> twenty guard or something? They just call him like you know he's not seven feet; he's five twenty or something like that. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So is is that his future? I don't know. But um, I say all this to say I could see either one of them uh, having their reasons for falling to number four, and I really at this moment in time can't pick out which one. It does feel like it's more than likely Paolo. Though. Yeah, for those reasons you just said, like for those like for those reasons you just said, like if you're selling me on on um, Holmgren, I'm in. Like I I I feel better about taking a swing at Holmgren if he was there than than mm-hmm. Paolo. Obviously, both will not be there at four if it happens. Maybe none of them ever get there, and we do get the Ivy, Keegan Murray, AJ Griffin, um, Shaden Sharp, Shaden Sharp, which that's which name seems we, less likely. It seems less likely to me. I guess yeah. that's a name we haven't really talked about that much. But it just—I've only read things like about how he was healthy and kind of refused to play and. And it's just kind of it's a, I have a bad taste in my mouth. About it's just it. not. Let's it's just kinda, let's not. It's kind of icky. Yeah. Let's the Kings are not in a position to take that. That's that a gamble. Gamble. Risk. Yeah. That's a gamble. Gamble. That's like who who is in the lottery that can afford that gamble? Like I can look and okay, see. Okay. See. Okay. can afford that, but they're it, not it, in the right spot. They select twelve. Yeah. They might miss him. But I mean, looking at like the Spurs, I mean, that seems like something that Pop could Probably, take a crack at. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he might not even be there after next year though. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> the Knicks, if it goes to if he goes down to eleven, that would. Probably Maybe, take a swing. I guess the Pacers are pretty highly linked to Keegan Murray, but well, the, like the Pacers would be an interesting fit. The the Knicks are, I believe, the team that is most that's interesting interested yeah. in Jay Nivey. Like they really oh, want to, they really want to trade up and get Jay Nivey because mm-hmm. they need they need like a guard. Mm-hmm. They need to stand out. They have Randall. They have yeah. RJ, RJ Barrett. Yeah. They need quickly as a shooting guard. They need mm-hmm. a they need a point guard. Yeah. So because the. Kemba Walker thing didn't work out. So. Yeah, I don't know how Ivy would fit there. I mean, like you said at the top, I mean, I don't think Ivy is a natural playmaker. I don't know, you know, I don't know what that would look like, but he was for sure, he seems like a Nick in the sense of they want a show, they want it to be exciting, and I think Jaden Ivy would definitely bring some excitement mm-hmm. to the Garden, but uh, I don't know if in the, at the at the end of the day he's necessarily going to be the, the point guard that you're looking for. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's technically a shooting guard as well. Yeah. So it's... That's why I think it'd work out with the Kings mm-hmm. as well. And he did um, play a lot of off ball as well. I mean, yeah, his sh- shot know. shot was fine. Jaden Ivey in college, thirty five percent, almost thirty six, forty six percent from the field. Um, the defense, okay, good, not great. Um, defensive rating one one hundred two point five. That's it's 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 fine. So we'll see, we'll see. 
But there are it's it's rumor central right now. Yeah. Um, the mock drafts, though, before we move on, um, I took a look at I think thirteen mock drafts today. Thirteen mock drafts today, um, spanning from ESPN to Tankathon, The Athletic, Yahoo Sports, CBS, Sports Illustrated, The Ringer, Kevin O'Connor, your guy Chris, um, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, and nine of those have the Kings taking Jaden Ivey. Two of them have them taking Jaden Sharp. And then one has Palabancaro if he falls. Uh, no Keegan Murray. No Keegan Murray's. Wow. There might be some out there that do, but the yeah. ones that I found from like the big publications mm-hmm. do not have the Kings taking Keegan Murray. Which is so funny because the day after the lottery, that was almost the guarantee, I feel like. That's what I was going to say. Is it was Keegan Murray. Yeah, it's interesting how the mock drafts happen because, like, yeah, it almost seems like right after the lottery, people just get like, okay, well, whatever, quick, quick. Just it seems like. The Kings, oh, they want a stretch. We'll put Keegan Murray there. And now it's kind of people have had some time to get more intel, get more intel on what players, teams are talking about. And uh, I think it's very telling that it appears that Jaden Ivey is is pretty clearly the number four prospect, at least. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean uh, people think or have heard that the Kings are leaning that way. I think it's just from everything that everyone has gathered from – league sources, if you will. Sources. Uh, it seems as if people believe Jaden Ivey will be the best prospect outside of those big Yeah, players. and the things that we're hearing are it's everyone beneath the Kings that's mm-hmm. enamored with Jaden Ivey. Yeah. We haven't heard anything about what the Kings are thinking no interest they're looking at all. for yeah. from anybody. Nope. So they're being very tight-lipped. on. They're being mums the word on the subject. And um, point is, though, like I even if the Kings are at seven, I do feel pretty good about eight, nine players in this top ten. Like, I, I do feel good about – I mean, if the Kings were at seven, I'd be fine if they picked Keegan Murray, A.J. Griffin, or Benedict Matherin. Like, yeah. I, would, I would be fine with any of those. Mm-hmm. So – It's almost the curse now because almost, we have to make the right pick now as opposed right pick. to being, like, having the fallback of, oh, like, we really did like Jaden Ivey, yeah. but he fell – or he went. He, he went, yeah. He went. Uh, and, oh, we really did like Keegan Murray. Probably would have taken him, but he went right He went before us. us. He, yeah. went to, he went to Indiana, yeah. you know, so um, – it's it's scary. It's scary. It's exciting. Uh, doing the mock draft thing today. I did my own mock draft. You guys can take a look at khck.com if you'd like. I think you pretty much have an idea of what that's going to look like. Do um, you have anything else? Draft stuff? Like current draft current stuff? Current draft stuff. Um, or anything Kings No, related? not really. I mean, uh, Kings related, I would like to, again, shout out. Uh, I think I did it the last time, but um, me and Jay Mars were actually just talking about the Davion Mitchell Part 2 um, he, he's releasing, uh, a bunch of summer workout videos. Uh, I think the YouTube channel is Nick in the cut, oh. uh, is, is the YouTube name. Uh, I, I would heavily recommend watching it, uh, just to see the level of work that Davion Mitchell puts in is absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm not sure. Frank, did you ever watch, um, Nate Robinson used to put out, these videos all the time. I can't remember what the series was called. It's kicking me that I can't remember what it was called. But he had a he had one video that was a workout with Isaiah Thomas. I don't think, I don't think uh, I've seen it. No, I watched that video maybe like thirty times in high school. It was like our senior year or my senior year of high school. Check it out. It has like Wale ambition playing in the back. Like it just this sounds like a throwback. Just the most like hype thing I've I think I've ever seen of King's content. It was it made me be like. This guy, Isaiah Thomas, is going to be a problem. They're both uh, Washington guys, right? Yes, yeah, and that's where the connection is there. But uh, I say all that to say 
Davion Mitchell with these videos has me feeling the same exact way where it's just like you watch this guy and you're like, this is different. Like, this is not normal. This fool works his butt off and like he's just he's going to be I don't I I won't say great, but he is for sure going to maximize his potential. We there is a, a little report. Um I believe I can't remember who said it. I I saw on Twitter yesterday though it was I believe not the athletic. Just spreading misinformation. I know. But, uh it said that a draft report a draft report and insiders said the Kings are open to dealing anybody on the roster that has not named De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, or DeMontis Sabonis. I want to say it was the oh, ringer. That's interesting. I, I want to say it was that. the that's ringer. Someone tweeted the quote from a podcast. I can't remember what podcast, though, but it's out there. Hmm. Um, I promise you I'm not spreading misinformation. But I believe that. I mean, I've, I've said on this podcast before that I would not be surprised if the Kings were to trade Davion Mitchell because he is young and he has value, to, in my opinion. But... I guess for that reason, the Kings should hang on to him. He is their best defensive guard. Per SI.com, as of right now, all players other than De'Aaron Fox, Damanis Sabonis, and Davion Mitchell are said to be available in trade talks pertaining to the Kings. That is per SI.com. Sports Illustrated. Um, so, yeah, I I think that it's becoming more likely that Harrison Barnes will get moved this offseason, which is kind of a bummer. I kind of am – I was on the – Speak for yourself. Chris is not like Harrison Barnes, but I, I was willing to go into next season having him be get a four get a four to play next to Harrison Barnes, so he doesn't have to play power forward. I'm fine with that. But he he is like a he's an asset. He probably is their most attractive trade asset if those guys are not available. Um, yeah, I would one say, year. Yeah, one year, and he had a good year last year. Technically, he did, Chris. He had a good year last year. I know you don't want to say it. If you look at the stats, yeah, for sure. Look at the numbers. Um, that it, and then. Uh, yeah, I mean that's it. That's it for uh, for this current generation. Now we're gonna take it all the way back, all uh, the way back. We're going as everyone knows. Well, as everyone knows, if you listen to last week's uh, podcast, <laughs> we uh, redrafted the 2009 NBA draft. Uh, the Sacramento Kings initially in that draft took uh, Tyreek Evans with the number four pick. That was the year that they were supposed to be number one, supposed to take Blake Griffin. Uh, we all know the story didn't turn out that way. Ended up taking Tyreek, Tyreek Rookie of the Year, then ends up being nothing. Um, and so me and Frank redrafted, and I believe we took Drew Holiday with the number four pick. We did. Um, Sacramento King legend Drew Holiday. Yes, and the way we're doing this is like we're doing like an official redraft, so it's not like Blake Griffin goes one, you know, Hashim Thabit goes two. We are doing officially like if this were done now. Yep. Steph Curry was the number and one pick. James Harden was the number two. Are pick. we going by the same thing as far as because it gets really, really poopy? It gets very dicey. after five. Very dicey. So we'll just do five. We'll, we'll do, do picks, and then, then we'll just kind of go read them off yeah. at six because yes. it gets really. Yeah, we'll let people choose. It gets really ugly. Um, okay, I think you picked first last time. Yes, I okay. did. You so go I, first. I get the honors this time. Okay. We are not going to have fancy sound effects this time. <laughs> nope. We are we are in the studio at yes. KHK. It's in cold KHK in here. Studio. It is cold. We're both like... <laughs> yeah, really definitely ch- both grabbing well, Nick, our elbows here. Nick wears like a hoodie when it's 98 degrees, yeah. so I don't know what that guy's problem is. It's <laughs> so cold in here right now. Okay. With the first pick... Should I do it here? With the first pick in the 2010 NBA draft... Redraft. Redraft. Don't want to confuse people. The Washington Washington Wizards select former Bullets Paul George. Yes, which is kind of crazy that Paul George. I mean, he's been a good NBA player, and I feel like he's gotten a lot of he's got a lot of backlash because he 
pandemic P and, and, and how, <laughs> yeah, how, how, how bad he was in the bubble and stuff and how he he really just hasn't been a great playoffs guy. I mean, he did have a, a good postseason. Last year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the numbers are there in the post. Like, he's averaged 21 points per game in the playoffs for his career. So I don't really know what more you want, but – I think he's made um, two conference finals, one with the Clippers, one yeah. with the uh, Pacers. Which, that's a team next year, i got to be honest, I'm afraid of the Clippers next Should year. Be. I'm be very, very afraid, afraid of them next year. Yes. They have well done rested. a very good job of, of keeping control of their assets. I mean, Paul George just from 32, Kawhi's about 31, like they're not that old yet. Uh, they're going to be a problem next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul George, career numbers, 24 points, I'm sorry, 20 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, he's, a, he's a good shooter, 7-time All-Star. I mean that's that's the pick. So I think Paul George is kind of like the benchmark for like being in a you know he's like at the line of like he's definitely not in the LeBrons, the Kevin Durant's, the Kawhi Leonard's even. But he is first. Like if the Kings were to have Paul George, that would be maybe the best player they've had in their sixteen year. If they're getting like right now, yes. oh yeah, if they got him right now, the the Kings are a top five seed probably yeah. i mean that might be a bold take but i mean honestly you, I'm, he's kind of exactly what the kings need you fought, <laughs> at you, the moment with i mean that's like a waiver magic wand situation yeah, sure. if, if that's like if paul george is a free agent and was like i'll come to sacramento yeah. for the mid-level <laughs> uh that that, that kind of guy though is like what the kings need like a paul george a jalen brown one of yes. those guys yeah exactly uh and yeah i think paul george is 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 the right pick at number one i mean um there's a pretty big fall off the rest of the draft fresno in terms state of, Fresno State, which is absolutely insane. That's I mean, incredible. For Fresno State to have Derek Carr, Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge, uh, Devontae, Paul George, Devontae Adams, and Devontae Adams, all very much. Yeah. I mean, Derek Carr, not so the, much, but they, all, all touching the top realm of their sports. The Angels' uh, right fielder right now, uh, Ward. He oh Taylor he, Ward. Yeah, right? he's, he, yeah. Uh, or Je- Taylor Ward. I think Taylor Ward. Jesse I Ward. Think so. uh, I think it's Taylor Ward. He, he gonna be an All Star. Yeah. Went to Fresno State. That's insane. Bulldogs, Bulldogs, like, why? Bulldogs know what to do. They know how to do it. It must be recruiting because I have no idea how you could ever take someone to Fresno and be like, hey, man. I'm going Doesn't here. get better than this. And my uncle and aunt went there. Shout out my I'm not aunt, saying it's uncle. a bad place at no, all. I, it's just, you know, if you, if you have options, I wouldn't imagine that Fresno is your top one. I've been to Fresno a couple times. I'm from Yuba City. I can't really talk. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't like, I didn't like Fresno. Though, yeah, ain't but. no one going to Chico University. Chico, how many stars does Chico have at, at, uh, in the professional? Chico's a good place. They got professional partiers, but Dude, they're, they're, no professional Let athletes. me say this about Chico. I'm a fellow, I'm a Chico Chicoan. Yeah. Uh, went to school in Chico. <laughs> uh, beautiful campus, beautiful campus, and you have a nice time partying. But then things get a little, um, a little gross. So that's it. <laughs> that's what he. <laughs> that's that is Chico. Chico. That is, that is Frank's traveler guide to my, Chico. My parents went there. My girlfriend went there. My sister went there. Ooh, some of my friends went it's there. It's in your blood. It's in my blood. I'm yeah. a wildcat. Um, Chris, number two. Number two. Number two, Philadelphia 76ers initially took Evan Turner in this position. I was not a fan of this pick uh, from jump. I was never an Evan Turner guy. He had that, that game winner in it, um, when he yeah. was in college. Yeah. And I think that's when I was like, oh, this guy's good. Maybe he, like, then he went number two. And I said, well, he hit that game winning. Because what, <laughs> yeah. what was I, 15? Yeah, 14? I was like, this is very early in life. I was so young. Like, he hit that game winner from yeah. half court. And then he just was not, uh, not great. Yes, this uh, this next pick. Honestly, things get kind of tough from here. On. The, the next three picks aren't aren't easy. Um, I went John Wall here. I think John Wall uh, again, like a, at the time, was a generational prospect. Uh, maybe to this day, the best high school mixtape I think I've ever seen is John Wall's. Absolutely insane. Six four point the guard, dance move, fast John. as hell. The 
the dance move absolutely took over uh, the entire country. It was insane. At your high school, did you guys do that? Absolutely. Uh, games? Have, our, absolutely. our team did it like on, for games. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. I mean, I will never forget John Wall's like twelve minute entrance in his first game. The Dougie doing the Dougie and doing the John Wall. Like, could you imagine if that happened? Now? Like, I couldn't uh-huh. imagine Davion Mitchell game one. <laughs> they're like starting at shooting guard Davion Mitchell, and, and then he literally like Dougies for ten minutes. Like, straight. Lot, the whole song, yeah, and it's <laughs> like. Whole- are we starting this game? Like, yeah. is there going to be a basketball game? Our team just like, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> and then he goes out and drops like ten points. No, uh, I can't remember what John Wall did his first game, but John Wall has a very, very interesting career at this exact moment in time. It's kind of tough to judge. He's limbo. I don't think he's played the last three so NBA seasons. He, remember, we talked about it yesterday or the day before. Before you hurt your ankle. Yeah. Um, Chris hurt his ankle playing I softball. Did. Not great. Um, adult injuries. No. Adult injuries. Uh, John Wall. Remember he he hurt his heel. He had to have heel surgery first, which was kind of nasty. He missed that whole. I'm gonna season. be honest. I don't remember any of John he, Wall's. I mean, he's had so many injuries and they've stacked up. Like, he I so he didn't used to like he yeah. he was pretty healthy for the first what Four seven years, years of his career. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 2017, 18 is when things kind of started to get go bad. I think he had some knee issues, but 2019 he had a heel issue, and that was getting close to being healed. And then he slipped in the shower, and he tore his Achilles. Mm. Got that fixed, and eventually later on, he got infected. So he missed that whole year. Came back with Houston, as we know, in the, in the second pandemic shortened season. Played half the season, not great, twenty points per game, but he shot forty percent from the field and thirty-one from three. I believe he was traded. For, that was the season he was traded, traded for, for Westbrook. Yeah. yeah, and then last year he didn't play all year because the Rockets pretty much just didn't want him to. Yeah, he wanted to play, and the Rockets said no. Yeah. So his career is in a pretty. He's thirty-one years old. Uh, he's on the books for forty-seven million, I think, Jeez. next year. Jeez. It's a player option. So he could, he could, if he really wants to play bad enough, if he loves the game, and he wants to say no to fifty million dollars, he money. could, he <laughs> could decline the the player option and go be a free agent in the summer and go sign somewhere. He's made about two hundred and thirty million over his career. Um, so yeah, his career is kind of in limbo right now. But that's the right pick at, at number two. Yeah, I think so. I mean. Just the talent, the talent at that point. And, you know, maybe if you play John Wall's career ten times, it probably goes this way three, three times or so, yeah. I would guess. I mean, like, he was just – he was such a good athlete. And, like, obviously, I, I, coming into the NBA, De'Aaron Fox was always constantly comped to uh, John Wall. And, you know, it's it's the numbers kind of bear out. I mean, it took John – John's definitely more of a distributor than De'Aaron is. John has never – Averaged less than eight assists, his, or only once did he average less than eight he's assists. A, he's a in his, bona fide uh, playmaker in his career, except for that season in Houston. But yeah, I, I think he's just a great talent for a couple of years, like an MVP candidate. I'd say from like I don't know, two thousand or two thousand thirteen to two thousand like eighteen, he was a or seventeen MVP candidate kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, did he went all star game MVP? No, he didn't. He, yeah. had, a, he had an all star game where he had a, he went crazy though. He also they. They had one playoff win, I think their entire like one series um, win their whole time. The the Paul Pierce I two. called game. Two. They he Did they make the West the Eastern Finals? They had a pretty good season in twenty seventeen. They the went Eastern seven. Finals. They went seven against the Celtics. To, uh, they almost went to the Eastern Conference Finals. They lost to the Celtics in seven. That's insane. That was uh, the the um when the, I think the, the Celtics all wore black because they said it was a funeral. Oh yeah. <laughs> They said it was a funeral. That's and right. That was like a hotly contested. That was the, the series where Isaiah had 53. Mm. Um, so, yeah, John Wall, second overall to Indiana. Mm-hmm. 
Now, the third overall pick, the New Jersey Nets. I was going to say, I believe this is New Jersey still. New Jersey. Still in New Jersey. Uh, I'm kind of going, I'm shaking it up a little bit. The original pick here was Derek Favors. The original uh, was Derek Favors, who is not going to be the the name I'm going to say. Um, I'm going with, (laughs) I mean, we know him well. DeMarcus Cousins. Really? I'm taking him third. Okay. I'm taking him third. His, we had this conversation the other day, too, Mm -hmm. off of, off recording. His career from 2013 through 2018, I don't think there was much of an argument that he wasn't a top, honestly, top 10 player in basketball yeah. for a few years there. Maybe not all those years, but for a while. When you look at what he was doing, he averaged 27 points per game, almost 12 rebounds, three assists, a steal and a half, and a block and a half per game while shooting 35% from three in 2015, 2016. I mean, the, the man was so dominant. Uh, from that time period over those six years, 25 points per game, um, 12 rebounds, four assists, steal and a half, 1.4 blocks, 46% in the field. I mean, th- th- this guy, when you look at who's left in this talent pool from 2010, if injuries obviously derail this career, but if he doesn't get hurt, I mean, and you see you see spurts of it. Like even last year with, with Denver, he had a couple of games where people were like, whoa, like 18 points in 12-minute kind of stuff. Uh, he's just very gifted, a very offensively gifted center. He's he's not mobile at all anymore. I think he's almost done. Uh, 32 in August. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets maybe one more minimum deal next year and tries to get his ring. But um, third overall pick, DeMarcus Cousins. I like it. I Originally fifth. Yeah, yes, obviously originally fifth. Originally fifth, obviously. Um, yeah, I didn't go in my mock. I did not go that way. I went. Um, I'll just. Spoil, I mean, with the number four pick, Minnesota. Who initially? Who did they go with? They went with Wesley Johnson, legend. Uh, I believe Wesley Johnson is the one who James Harden crossed over when his like you know the infamous like yep. he stops, looks <laughs> at him, and like then shoots three. Didn't he shimmy? No, he, he, might, he did. So, he like definitely stopped because that was the big thing. Do you remember like, when Terrence Davis shimmed this year and bricked it? Oh my god! Yes, yeah. at the top of the key. I still, I still picturing it. <laughs> Anywho, um, wow. Um, yeah, I <laughs> went. Oh, boy, um, with the fourth pick, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves going with the obvious best player available. I had him going number three in my mock draft above Cousins, um, and we can talk about that a little. Gordon Hayward, uh, for me. The reason why I had Gordon over DeMarcus is at this point, and I know Gordon is not the picture of perfect health, especially the past couple seasons. He's missed half of pretty much since he, uh, you know, it's destroyed a, his leg. It's like bad health versus bad yeah. health. Um, but he's at least been able to bounce back, I think, better than DeMarcus has. And granted, DeMarcus is a much bigger body and had um, some, like, Achilles injuries and stuff like that. And that's that's a little more serious, but... Uh, well, I don't know if it's more serious than Gordon Hayward's leg, but um, pretty much. That was graphic. I, I think, unfortunately, that is, um, a, I mean, obviously, it's a very memorable benchmark for Gordon Hayward's career, but he was coming off of his best season in Utah, where he had just been constantly getting better and better his entire time. Utah, uh, he brought Utah back to the playoffs, back to prominence. Um, and then obviously went to the Celtics game one destroys his leg and kind of from there it's been it's been a steady climb back to an incredibly productive player 
And for anyone who has watched really any amount of Hornets games uh, that since Gordon has been there, they are head and shoulders a better team when Gordon Hayward plays for them. Uh, it's unfortunately just been pretty much exactly half of the season for the past two years um, with them. But Gordon has really turned it around and um, great shooter, great, amazing playmaker actually for his position. I've always loved his ball, uh, you know, the, the his ability to move the ball and, uh, you know, just by all intents and purposes, just a great guy, gamer guy, uh, loves League of Legends, I think, is he, his game. When he first came in the league, he looked like a yeah. he looked like a basketball player. He had, like, yes. the long, flippy bangs, yeah. and he was scrawny, and mm-hmm. now he's, like, all slicked back and jacked. And What pick did Gordon Hayward get? Because it is pretty – so Gordon Hayward went nine. Obviously, he went to Butler. Um, almost, killed, this is, almost killed Duke. Almost killed Duke. Shot. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, he's coming off insane. of – Maybe the best run of any of the mid-majors in history came within inches of of actually winning that game in probably the most exciting fashion Twice, anyone has ever. Yes, and made two runs. Obviously, Brad Stevens um, also got compensated for those runs as well. But for Gordon to end up going nine here is actually kind of crazy, um, especially looking back at it. Yeah, um, it went ahead of him. Yeah, um, uh, a lot of people. I mean, well, I guess should I just do my last pick right now? That for I guess sure, we, we yeah. can read them off. My last pick um, for number five. This is the Sacramento Kings pick. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, in this case, they do get they do get um, another Kentucky guy. They go. I get, I'm going Eric Bledsoe, yeah. who is not a sexy pick, but to me. It's the right pick. Probably the best player available. You can make an argument for like Hassan Whiteside. He's yeah. on here. Um, that's about it. That's that's really Derek Favors. I'm sorry, is, is not better than Eric Bledsoe or no. Hassan Whiteside. But yeah, um, people that got drafted. I mean, I don't need to break down Eric Bledsoe's game. He's. I mean, if you want to, Eric Bledsoe's. He's he plays for the um, good, not great. The Blade. I mean, I think he's a free agent this year. Mm-hmm. Is he a free agent? Yes. Yeah. He's been on one year deals. Interesting to see where he'll go. Probably contender. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't. It it depends. I don't really know how the league views him anymore. Um, he was on the Clippers this past season, yeah. Yeah, he went back to the Clippers. Yeah, didn't work out. Um, they traded him to Portland for, I oh, believe, really? Covington. Oof. I don't think he played um, at all in Portland. He didn't. He was hurt as well, and didn't work out in Milwaukee. He's almost thirty three. I mean, he again. These are guys that are at the end of their careers mm-hmm. here. This this, point, this class, yeah. they're all kind of except Paul George. Um. Gordon Hayward too, but they're all kind of at the end of their careers here. So, uh, now many of the elites isn't here. I guess we can kind of go down the list, take a look. Yeah, let's just do some notable names. I mean, at this point, uh, the I have the best remaining players available: Hassan Whiteside, like you just mentioned, Derek Favors, Lance Stevenson went later in this draft. Evan Turner obviously went number two. He probably deserves to be somewhere in this top ten. P. Pat. Patrick Patterson had a cup of tea where he seemed like he would be, you know, a stretch four for uh, a couple teams. He but played for a while. Yeah. He it played 11 really, years. It never really panned out for him. I think the Clippers paid, played him pretty intensely either this or last year, he, which I was surprised by. Do you want to make a guess how much money he's made over his career? He's probably at, like, near – probably, like, 120, I would say. No, more? Oh, okay, less. 80? 60? Like, 30? Forty-four. That's nothing. That's, that's I mean that's that's good money in life, mind you. But for sure. I mean, but he, I mean, he, it's like we've think, talked. How much has Eric Bledsoe made in his? Oh, career? Eric I mean, Bledsoe's like, probably made like you know. Are they? Yeah, I guess, I'm gonna guess. I guess Patrick Patterson was not in my top ten, and Eric Bledsoe went five. So. I'm gonna guess Eric Bledsoe has made. I haven't looked yet. I'm gonna guess 118 million. Would you guess? guess? I think he got a huge contract at one point. I'll say 130. 
So he's made 108, but that's not counting the 18 million he made this year, and that's not counting. He's under contract next year with Portland. They're gonna have to move him. Goodness. He has 19 million on the books next year for Portland. Mm. That's not gonna work. It's not great with Dame Lillard, yeah. and they're probably gonna draft. I'd imagine. Well, they have Anthony Simons. They might. They might draft AJ Griffin or. They definitely. Might. I was thinking forward. they would take Shaden Sharp, or they might take Keegan Murray. Yeah. They need like a a big mm-hmm. to go next to like Nurk is a free agent too. Um, Cole Aldrich, Kings legend, was Cole drafted Aldridge. 11th. There's a couple Kings legends in here. Xavier Henry, former Laker. Mm-hmm. Ed Davis, I think he's still playing somewhere, right? He's played for the uh, the Cavs. They had all the bigs. They had all the bigs last year. Um, that's really I don't. In terms of Kings Nemanja, legends, James Anderson, Nemanja Bjelica, uh, Nemanja Gravis Vasquez was the twenty eighth pick here. Um, is that it for Kings Hom- players? Hamidi Njai. Hamidi Njai, who I don't think ever played a game for the Kings. There was a point where Hamidi Njai was the worst player in 2K. Like, if you were to go to free oh, he agents was like, and go to the bottom, like he would literally be he, the worst player in 2K. Chris, you bite your tongue. He played 14 games for the Kings. Wow. He was like a backup center in the rotation for a little bit. I believe he, he played like... I do not recall. Let me look at his game log. I think he played a couple games in a row. Yeah, he did. He did. He was like legitimately in the rotation for a while. Disgusting. He played in uh, 14 of the first 24 games in that, that year, and he didn't play again. So, because they, they released him in January. Terrible. On that note. Um, I'm trying to see if any other names stick out. Kevin Serafin, I remember being a thing. Oh, he was like a big name. Larry Sanders is in this draft. Uh, obviously had some things that we're, derailed his career. We're not there yet, but you know a name that I honestly was so high on? Um, I don't know what year he was drafted, though. I think he was drafted when we get to 2013. I think it was Ben Macklemore, or 2012. Jared Solinger. I was so big uh, on Jared Solinger. I thought yeah. he was going to be like a star. And he was good for a couple years with Boston. He was supposed to be, I think, a top five pick. And then right right before the draft, he had like a heart issue. That oh, they found. Yeah, yeah. It was a heart and issue. And then he like that was like the first time that like someone really big had been like had a medical red yeah. flag that like completely Who's, dropped uh, him. Isaiah Stewart wasn't a top five pick, but he was supposed to go pretty high. Isaiah Stewart had a medical condition too, and they gave him like a, a like Oh, a, the uh, Detroit Isaiah Stewart? Yeah. 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 Or no, That's not right. that Isaiah Stewart. I think it was somebody else. Um there was the uh, tall dude Stewart. from Baylor that that's, had that's one what I'm eye. Of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He or was really good. I think his last name was Isaiah. Um, oh, I know who you're talking about, but I just can't. That that's going to escape me. He got drafted by the MPA. Isaiah Austin. Austin. Isaiah Austin. Isaiah, Isaiah Austin. Austin. Boom. Isaiah yes. Austin. He was like a seven foot shooter, and uh, I think he's in the big three now. He had a, a form, a mild form of Mar- Marfan syndrome. So yeah. it affects connective tissue, and Ugh. and yeah, that's that that's not great. Um, that's let's see. Yeah, we'll get to Solinger in twenty twelve when you redraft. Nice. He went twenty first. Um, cool, cool. Well, I think that's uh, gonna wrap it up for this episode. Next um, week, yeah. we're gonna start pumping out our like pre or sorry postseason player breakdowns. We're gonna mm-hmm. go through little mini episodes. It could be twenty minutes long. It could be thirty. We'll see. And we're gonna go through each player. Uh, try to put out maybe two a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe do our traditional episode still as well. We're in office more. We're gonna have some free time till the draft. So be sure to stay tuned in. Yep, you uh, you said it all there. Uh, be on the lookout and uh, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate the listens and uh, stay healthy. Go Celtics, everybody. huh? Yes, yeah, Celtics six. Everybody, please join the bandwagon before it's too late. Bye bye.